What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Come on, G, kick it. Like, how do you, who is, I feel, it seems like the people that are listening to what he said, it's already conclusions and ideas they've already come around to. So, like, who is really, who's watching the video? Or who's watching the press conference? Like, if it's you and me, then we kind of didn't get anything from it. But if you're just, like, the average dude, you know, our average fan, like my dad or one of our friends, that's, like, you know, a ton of information that they just got there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like they're a bit surprised at what he had to say if you're a casual fan just because, you know, you may not notice some of these things that he's hinting at. And what I mean by that is, like, a ph- philosophical change, or as he puts it, a cultural makeover. Yeah, cultural, cultural change. That's that, that was one big thing that uh, it's kind of impossible to see other than him but saying But those it. are just buzzwords for saying that we need to catch up with how the NBA is transitioning towards. That's yeah, what I took it as. I know that might sound a bit ignorant, but Messiah Jerry's not a stupid man. He's seen this for a long time. He's been in the NBA and around basketball long, long time. The writing's on the wall. This is a 90s relic team. He's well aware of it. He sees that the isolation basketball doesn't work. All he did today was just say it publicly. What is really interesting now is, was this roster that they played with, was this his guys or was this Dwayne Casey's guys? Because I want to know who constructed this roster. Obviously, Messiah Jury has the final say in like, you know, who signs what, but come on, man. He didn't play anything like this in Denver. He tried to tank, and the Raptors kind of got dumb luck and walked into this team that we're seeing now. So... Yeah, that's, that's what where I, I'm curious. That's what I think the issue resides in is this team isn't supposed to be good. Like, or at the very, very core of it, like they traded away Rudy Gay to tank the team, right? And then they just found out, oh, you know, Kyle Lowry is really good. And I was like, DeMar DeRozan, he's sizzling a little bit. And then the bench was pretty good and we got some young pieces. And then they just let it roll, right? And then they ended up in the playoffs that year. Yeah, the and Raptors then, are literally that guy in the casino with like one chip left. And he just puts it on zero, double zero, and like roulette or something. He hits and he lets it ride, and he goes in this huge bender where he wins all this money. That's the Raptors right now. Yeah, exactly. But like now this, the house is taking the money back. Yeah, like none of this was supposed to happen. <laughs> like, right? Like, um, you know, trade Rudy Gay. We're tanking. Team sucks. Yada yada. And we got. I think they got um Patrick Patterson and like John Salmons for for Rudy Gay. And uh, yeah, so they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna get young dudes. And we're going to suck for a little bit. We're going to tank. 
they're probably if, if i'm being honest they're probably going to trade kyle lowry like we'll they're probably that. we'll get they're that, probably, i actually have some ideas written down for <laughs> i think that was a con i don't know if that was a contract year or if he had like one or two years left on his contract but like if all if everything you know went the way that they planned they probably trade kyle lowry at the end of that season well right. let me ask you the obvious question because i know some people are thinking this and i've heard it kicked around today as well we both are going to agree on this answer. I, I just know that from speaking with you for so many times. But can you win with this roster that the Raptors have now? Probably not. Not like if you're talking about championship. No. In the no. Pl- okay. if, in the playoffs, maybe. <laughs> like we're at the point of like it's a maybe win in the playoffs. You know, like I've seen a lot of seven game series. I mean, they, they win six six games against the Bucks. I I know we were saying that the Bucks was a the, were a good team, but. Like the Raptors, they're an okay team. They're a work in progress. Yeah, like the Raptors won 50, 50 games this year. Like yeah, the Antetokounmpo fi- hype makes the Bucks seem better than they are. Right. Like what a fifty game, fifty win team should be like. The Raptors like they should not be struggling against the Bucks. You know, like well, let's frame it like this because I think in both of our opinions, what success is for the Raptors now is getting towards an NBA title. You got to get the Larry O'Brien, bro. That's so we both feel that way, right? So I think we're going to frame everything that we talk about with this roster towards beating the Cavs or the Warriors. Because that's the cream of the NBA. I so mean, if they can't beat those two teams, then... Masai Ujiri said it himself in the press conference. So, like, we see, we knew this. But again, I don't know how much the average fan knows about this. Right? So he said himself, I think it was like at the near the end where he's like, you know... Everything we're doing now is like a step, trying to make steps towards winning the NBA, NBA championship. You know that's pretty high aspirations for a Toronto, <laughs> for just a Toronto team in general. Like, and Toronto hasn't won a championship in like fifty years. Like, basically ever oh, since yeah. since the Leafs last won the Stanley Cup was has been the last time like Toronto's won a championship. So, well, the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays, 92. oh yeah, the Jays, the Jays in the nineties, right? The, they won two in a row, but like. You know, it's been like 20 years, almost 30, nearing 30 years since the Raptors, or since Toronto's won a championship. So, lofty aspirations. I don't know if people and are... I think the bill on that point that you're saying there, Masai Jury also said today during his press conference that ownership is willing to go into the luxury tax. Mm-hmm. He even joked around saying that, you know, they'll even give me a new phone. So, yeah, no, he said he'd buy the the dude who asked the question a new phone. So, yeah. yeah now, you, now you know they're balling. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so so knowing all that, though, I got a bunch of questions that I just want to like ask you about all this because with this roster, we know it can't win. Messiah Jury knows it can't win. Even the casual fan knows. I mean, people weren't even watching the games on Saturday, on Sunday. They're just going, oh, I don't need to watch the Raptors lose again to the Cavs. Mm-hmm. So Jurassic Park wasn't full. We saw the end result of all this. Do you retool if you're the Raptors or do you go full-blown scorched earth? And by scorched earth, I mean like, we're going Strip young it down youth. to just what we were joking around about, but kind of serious about. Mm-hmm. Like it would require trading DeRozan, signing and trading Lowry, probably trading Corey Joseph. Like you name it. If you're going to scorch earth this thing and rebuild, and let's say tank for RJ Barrett in a few years, which if people don't right. know who he is again, go look him up. He's Canadian, up and coming baller, number one prospect on Draft Express, um, depending on what class he is. But that's far from the point. If you're going to go scorched earth, you got to go down to the absolute minimum. Mm-hmm. So which which route would you like to see this team go, or do you think they should go? Be a better question. Here's hold on. There's one. There's one like caveat here where like Masai Ujiri was talking in his presser. He was talking about um, changing the play style of the Raptors, right? Which we've been begging for. 
um, ever since DeMar DeRozan has graced the floor, (laughs) 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 right? Where he's like, he's said it like specifically, like the one-on-one style, like it doesn't like it's worked sort of, and like, it's too, he said it himself, like it's too predictable to uh to be used in the playoffs like he, he yeah, notices like it's getting shut down. Here. it's it's dog shit come playoff time you get trapped <laughs> you dribble into traps you're extremely easy to defend just run the series of the Cavs from this year and even at times last year it does not work right so if we're if he said you know we have to make some sort of change i talked to Dwayne casey about it that's that's pretty much like confirming that Dwayne casey is going to be around at least for one more year because he said i talked to Dwayne casey about changing the style of play I don't know, man. Today was the first day where he didn't necessarily give him a full-blown bit of confidence. Usually I know, but it's like, like, okay, he's behind Dwayne. But today he was like, we're going to have to make some changes. Mm-hmm. He, I, I don't want to say he was ominous when he was speaking, but I would say Dwayne Casey is 60-40 towards coming back. I wouldn't say it's a guarantee. Oh, no. I think it's way higher than that. I think he's like 80% I'm surprised. Back. Okay, I'm surprised. Like, I just There was no implication. Like The fact that he said, I spoke to Dwayne Casey specifically about changing the play style. And we had meetings about that. And he's like, and they both agree that the style of play needs to be changed. And like, the only person that would fire Dwayne Casey at this point is like Phil Jackson, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's nobody else that's better out there. Like, you can do what the Wizards did last year: fire your coach, bring in Scott Brooks, like right. type of coach like that. But you just become more exciting to watch. You don't necessarily become better. Right, right. So, like, the Wizards are are better, yes, but they're not anywhere closer to the title than they were last year, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's debatable, but um. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So like you know, if they make, we want to change in play style, right? He even said turning those long twos into threes. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Marta Rosen well, starts shooting those. Yeah, threes. go down the path you want to go down. I know where you want to go. <laughs> right. So if they can mold it into a better offense, the offense is so predictable in the in in the postseason, man, and that's such a big deal. Like it, this has been. This was at the beginning of the season. It was like a historically good offense. Right, so if we can just mold that to where we shoot more threes, and we get less predictable in the playoffs, then I can you can convince me maybe you know sprinkle some fairy dust on it or something, and then maybe I'd believe you. But we need Demar Derozan to evolve into some semblance, not exactly like this guy, but something like a James Harden. People forget James Harden was he always a good shooter, yes, but he became way more lethal as he's gone in his career here. A lot of it with him too is that. He jacks up a lot of threes, not necessarily because, you know, now he's good at it. But before mm-hmm. it was kind of like, eh, hit or miss. The reason why I did that is it helps spacing. Guys have to respect it. It helped him gain more free throws. There's just so many benefits to it that DeMar DeRozan needs to adapt that similar style of play at times. Plus it spaces the floor for the rest of the team. Kyle Lowry, if Kyle Lowry resigns, you know, you get those layups. They need a, they need more cutting, man. Like, the cutting is terrible on this team, and the passing is bad, too. Like <laughs> They need to just do basically, I was going to say, like, hire Dan Tony for, like, offensive camp, but now he has, like, a job in Houston. Um, yeah, they just need, like, some, like, they just need, like, Dwayne Casey to, like, just go watch the Warriors for, like, the rest of the offseason. This is all you're doing is watching the Warriors, you're watching Houston, and uh, you're watching the Cavs in spurts, right? And that's it. And if you can do that, then I can, you know, you can convince me that we'd be back in the Eastern Conference. I'm pretty, like, you could convince me we'd be back in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if we'd beat the Cavs. I think we'd be much closer to beating the Cavs than we were this year. Yeah, the East isn't exactly very daunting, right? Like, okay, you got Boston looming with their, what, it feels like 10,000 picks. Mm -hmm. They got the first this year, next year. 
obviously you can use that to go get a guy like a Paul George or Jimmy Butler. We've talked about this at length. Mm-hmm. Those draft picks they have are – they're literally their ace in the hole. They can do whatever they want with that to become better. Washington is eh, – you know, maybe they could add another guy if they get creative, but they have some issues there as well. The Cavs are the Cavs. The Hawks, I mean like – the Hawks are deteriorating. Like, the Bucks are coming up. You, you look at well, the East, no, well, and the point is, is that it's not extremely difficult to place in the top three. Right. This is one thing about the Hawks. Like, what are they doing? Like, this is briefly, what, what, what are they doing? They give away Kyle Korver, and they might lose Paul Millsap now, and like Dwight Howard is like a cadaver. What's going on there? If you want to take any lesson from the Hawks, <laughs> the ball movement kind that... of made a, a habit of eviscerating teams over his career, and then those teams absolutely get demolished. Mm-hmm. Like they blow it up. Right. We saw it with the Celtics. We've seen it with like you know the Hawks. If you're the Raptors, look at that model of what the Hawks have and where they were, and let that be a warning sign. There's a lot of teams like that, but if you're the Raptors and you don't make the right decisions here, you could fall down the path of being the Hawks. Or if you make the right decisions and it's just not good enough. You can be like the early 2000 Mavs where if everything, all the stars align, you go to the finals or mm-hmm. like the, the early, late 90s, early 2000s Kings, you know, like they can be that. But the Hawks are a good lesson for the Raptors to look at and go, hey, if we're not careful. <laughs> yeah, perennial, all perennial like a treadmill team or just like, you know. Perennial first round exit team. Yeah. So, so I think you try to retool. I can't believe I'm on the retool uh but I just think the team is good enough to challenge the the, the Cavs. Like the pe- it sounds so stupid, but you just like on paper, you know. Like you get to that point where you're like on paper, it totally makes sense. The only thing that is that needs to be um, added to this team, uh, is not even a backup center because they have backup centers now. Like you just need shooters, people that shoot the three, like lethally. You need to like go on the scrap heap. You need to go look for those like. Kyle Corver types, J.R. Smith types, like just I just need dudes with the utmost confidence to shoot the three, and then I can really see, I can really see the Raptors like getting after the Cavs. I mean, I don't think it's going to be they'll still be underdogs, but I can definitely see it happening. I can see where you're going with it, and I think the other part of going the scorched earth route is that you look at this upcoming draft, not this year's, the following mm-hmm. year, it's not that great. Yeah, it's not that good. And there's no guarantee if you lose every game. If this is the NFL style where you finish last, you get first pick, totally different. That changes a lot of things. But the NBA, much like the NHL, has a lottery, meaning there's no guarantee you're going to get that number one pick. Nothing would be worse than look at the Buffalo Sabres in hockey. Totally different sport, but the year they tanked for Connor McDavid, they tanked absolutely the hardest way possible. Like they, I don't even know why they showed up. I don't know why they iced a the team. They, they were doing everything they could to win McDavid. And, go for the and they lost. The Oilers snuck in mm-hmm. somehow, some way. I won't get into that. But the point of that is if you tank, there's not always a guarantee in the NBA or NHL that you're going to get number one pick. So it's a dangerous route too. Yeah. The Raptors have nice young pieces. So that's why like it's still an option for them. You know, like Powell looks great. Kojo, I, don't, I know you said to trade Kojo, but Kojo is still like, you know, decently young. Wright, Pirtle, Bruno, Bruno. Well, hold on. Bruno. Before, uh, I'm not going to jump on the Bruno. I'm not following your trap. <laughs> you, you can lay that thing up there. I'm not even Bruno. Buddy, I'm, I'm going to Bill Russell block that and take the ball the other way. <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that. It's not going to stands. It's nowhere. <laughs> I didn't necessarily say trade Corey Joseph, but it is an option if you go to the scorched earth. Right. If you go that way, trading him makes sense for all those. Okay. If I'm in the retooling train, which 
for the most part, I am. See, I see, I see. We were originally we were like, yo, man, we just tear it down, get all our young players. But then you don't. You just look at the roster, and you're just like, man, it's it's possible, right? So in well, the I think there's a catch twenty two with this roster. Mm-hmm. What can you get for a guy like Tamar DeRozan? If you're going to tear this down, you have to literally tear it down, like I keep saying. But what are you going to get for DeRozan? We said, okay, here, it's going to be hard to move his, him because of that twenty seven million dollar a year contract. Exactly. He's not as easy to trade as everybody thinks. Is he movable? Yes. Are you going to get what you want back? No. Probably not. Probably trading him for like 50 cents, 75 cents on the dollar. So, Yeah. That's my problem is if you're going to blow this team up, you're not going to get a lot back. It's not not as much as people are thinking. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm for the retooling just because the rebuild. Yeah, you could take the two to three years of pain. I know people have compared this to the Maple Leafs where they blew it up. Let's not forget. Here. When have the wait? When have the Leafs not been blowing it up? I know. <laughs> that's, that's also a fair assessment. Too. But they did this whole two years of like literally complete culture change. Oh, okay, okay. Changed the entire roster. They got Austin Matthews. Now we see where they are. Right. I don't think the Raptors are very similar. Yeah. Because the Raptors were a good team. The Leafs were kind of fool's gold, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors are good. It's good to see a good team. You know, if you're a Raptors fan, you're just like, finally, the Raptors are good. It kind of breaks your heart to lose to Cleveland all the time, but you gotta, you gotta pick your poison, man. Do you? Do we want to go back to the days of the Jose Calderones and the Andre Barnianis? Come on, man! You're gonna tell me a Rougeau next? I'm We're just gonna go the, well, that's names? that's what you're Pop looking style? at. <laughs> that's what you're looking at if you if you Ray decide. Ralston? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jamario Moon. All right, we're, we're done here. That guy's signing autographs at Walmart. <laughs> so that's no where joke. We, that's where we are if we're if we're deciding to blow it up. I think I don't know if it's it's hard to realize that you know. So we've talked about the blow it up route a little bit, mentioning what would have to go into it. We both agree retooling mm-hmm. is more than likely it. You're more on board with it than I am, but I'm I'm coming around. How would you retool this roster? Where would you start? Okay, so. If if I'm a, like the average fan, I don't even want to see Patrick Patterson's face anymore. Like, just get him out of here. <laughs> but like, um, you could probably like I want the reason why I want Patterson back is because first of all he's gonna he's like a bench big now. Um, he's still a good defender regardless. Um, he's just gonna be hit and miss on three for three, and I just it doesn't make any sense. Like, you need somebody to like instill some confidence in him, you know. Just, Whoever was whoever was telling Terrence Ross like just shoot it, bro, shoot it every time. Whoever was doing that, they need to like be assigned to Patrick Patterson, and that's what he needs to do is just shoot the ball every single time. I don't care if you miss, I don't care if it goes in, if it rattles around, goes in, you know, bounce off the top of the backboard and goes out. Like I don't care, so I want it. I want it to be shot, right? Because he's a good shooter by percentage. Um, he just lacks confidence in shooting it. Like he'll get red hot in the nice cold. So I want Patrick Patterson back. They're trying to make that trade for Carroll. Masai Jiri himself said, like, uh, said that mm-hmm. he said that uh, they need more from the small forward spot than Damari Carroll. So he said he expects a big summer from Damari too. But that so, big summer could be like packing up your house and possibly moving. Yeah, I mean that does count as a big summer. Yeah. So small forward needs to be dealt with. I mean they, they're they're going to resign PJ Tucker. I'd be so surprised if they didn't. I'd be astonished if they didn't. To be honest. Um, bring back Ibaka, Lowry, and you're just looking at the scrap heap trying to pick up like a minimum three point, like minimum 
minimum dues, I just shoot the three. Okay, well, there's there's a problem with what you just said there when you get into it financially. If you just look at those guys' cap holds and you bring them all back on the roster. They're over the tax. They're in the tax, like deep in the tax. Dude, they're in like $200 million. Right. They are more. They have a heavier roster than the Cavs financially. Right. That can't happen. That's not going to happen. I mean, they hey, said they man. go into luxury tax, but that's yeah, pushing. Yeah, they said they're going into the tax. I mean, you can still, you can still like afford to trade Kojo. You have a ton of point guards off the bench. All of them look good. Um, none of them are providing the same defense as Kojo. And none expertise. of them can really shoot. And none of them can really. I mean, Van Vliet can shoot, but he can't defend, right? And then you have uh, Delon Wright, who can defend, but he can't shoot. So, um, you know, JV, JV probably we're probably looking to move JV, um, which will be tough. That's going to be tough. Yeah, at, like a Portland Denver deal. Yeah, anytime somebody any player on the Raptor is hard to trade <laughs> for various reasons. The only person that's easy to trade would be like. Corey Joseph, not even Powell, because Powell doesn't make enough money to like validate how good he is. You know what I mean? So it's gonna get hard. it's well, gonna be hard to, to to do anything. And this is why Masari Jiri has his job because he's supposed to be a mover and a shaker, man. He's been doing this uh, since day one on the on the Nuggets. Yeah, no, he really has. We'll, we'll definitely come back with another episode where we go through different scenarios because I've been breaking down all the financial stuff here and. It's a, it's a lot more complex than people realize with the Raptors. Yes, they're going to go into luxury tax. How far? <laughs> I don't know. I know Larry Tannenbaum, the owner, he loves to have people in his suite and you know decked out and kind of show off a bit. But, man, to bring back this entire roster would be expensive. And I don't think you can bring back this entire roster. The way they lost this Cavs series, the yeah, way they just kind of yeah, yeah. kissed LeBron's ass for four games, like they're mentally broken. You can't have guys with this shitty losing attitude. And I say that because it's like, yeah, you know, this is like the whole, like, the guy, like, we played hard, put a good effort. Get out of here. Get out of here, man. You're here, you're going after a Larry O'Brien trophy. Not if we had LeBron James, then we would have won. Well, yeah, 29 other teams could say that too. The, the attitude, the whole, just, their psyche's broken. Mm-hmm. Mm. That bothered, mm. it bothered the hell out of me watching those games, man. The team seemed a bit rattled, man. When uh, especially was, after that Bucks that Bucks series, the team seemed rattled because when they were, have they not, but have they not seen rattled for three years, tomorrow? I mean, they, <laughs> each postseason we say this. Lowry rattled all the time. I don't understand it because he's great during the regular season. I don't know, and he's not. He doesn't really rely on a lot of trickery in his playing. Right, like he does, he draws fouls, but he does he's not drawing like the cheap fouls. Like he's not drawing Demar Derozan, James Harden type fouls. Um, he just disappears, and then like you know Patrick Patterson forever rattled somehow, forever rattled. Gone. Right. Uh, JV never rattled. JV's JV wants to be in there. He looks so upset whenever he gets taken out of the game. It's amazing. Um, Demar Derozan no longer rattled. You know. Sometimes I like for some reason he scored like five points a game. Where like if his jumpers is not going, then he's like, "Yo, man, I don't know what to do." And this is why he learned how to shoot threes, bro, because he could spot up from beyond the arc. Anyways, um, yeah. Then Kojo, Kojo's like the most um. Nah, man, I don't think it's team rattle. I just think you know they got overwhelmed by this Cavs team. That can't happen. I mean, that's cool <laughs> in your first year. We're in year three now of this. Right. That cannot happen. I know it sounds really harsh, but. Man, if you're going to be a serious contender, mm-hmm. this kind of stuff is this is stuff you see in 
teams that are full of young kids. The These Raptors vets. They don't. Like but DeMar they don't. Rosen, zero points on field goals once in each series. They don't have a vet like a serious. They don't have like a David West. You know what I mean? Like everybody's in the same age of like thirty to like twenty six. Right, that's a four-year difference. I mean, you, a lot of growing happens from twenty-six to thirty, but there's nobody like thirty-three who is like you know I, he's done like thirteen years in the NBA and now he's just chilling on the bench. You know, it's like guys, we got this. You know, I've seen this a million times. It can come back from this. Like, there's no player on the team that has like been part of something that was like special, other than Corey Joseph, but he was a bench player in San Antonio. Um, there's no player that's been part of something special or something wacky or something you know like crazy that happened that he got to learn a lot from. Right, the the Raptors are just like a team that grows together and continues to grow together and grow together and grow together. Even like remember when the the Warriors were that young first year they won the championship, right? Like everybody on that team, like all the main pieces were young, but they still had like Leandro, Leandro Barbosa off the bench. You know, David Lee was around. Yeah. Like they still had those guys that were you know they seen stuff. You know, Leandro Barbosa was on the Suns teams where they like had those crushing defeats to the Spurs, right? But he's also part of those Suns comebacks, so that's yeah, what the he's Raptors. Also never timid. He didn't look overwhelmed and say, you know, right. If we had Tim Duncan on our team, we'd win. Like, right. So you just need. I think the Raptors are missing a vet, and I think that's an over. You know, I think Masai Ujiri overlooked that. I think he was so concerned about the talent, he forgot to look at like the chemistry culture type thing. And he did mention he was going to do some sort of cultural overhaul, so that could be a part of it. Your leaders are supposed to be the Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan. They're not I know, supposed but, to submit. Yeah, but and that's borderline what they did. Like it's not Steph Curry is not like you know like thumping his chest like yelling at people in the crowd you know. Oh, I'm not saying do that. <laughs> I'm not even saying do that. But this team just looks scared, and the LeBron compliments save it after the series. They just it's just a bad look in my opinion. So many things that happen with them were just a bad luck. Is that really that bad to be to like acknowledge somebody as good? Like I'm. Pretty sure people who compliment Lionel Messi and how good he is, or Cristiano Ronaldo, you know. They're, but they weren't just complimenting him. Like it's one thing to acknowledge it and say, like, "Yeah, he's a good player. That's normal." But they would mention it like every damn game, and it was that a lot. They got oh. punked too. They got straight up punked. Like you said, this series was a joke from the first alley oop, off the backboard alley oop, a minute into it. Then LeBron spinning the ball, them having beers on the sideline, mm-hmm. well, nearly. It just all of it just screamed joke, and the Raptors never really took it serious except Dwayne Casey. He was the only guy barking at like LeBron or showed any feistiness to him. PJ Tucker at times too, but this team, the rest of it just looked like, uh, you guys gonna play? Or, <laughs> no, like what's going on here? That just bothered me a lot. Yeah, PJ Tucker, P, you know who? PJ Tucker, Norman Powell have the like you know the the fu factor to them, where yeah. they don't they don't give a fuck about anything at all. They're here to win. At, like pretty much any means necessary and uh yeah they just that's the thing that you know what now like we like we like talked it out is like they just need a veteran on their squad they need one of those like really grizzled veterans on the on the team like Dwayne Casey can be that but like you know he's a coach yeah it's different you know? from a coach to a player you need like a type of guy like for old Raptors fans from the original days you need like an Antonio Davis for Charles Oakley yeah, it's like imagine, obviously that won't work in today's NBA, but that kind of attitude. Like imagine, you know, like you you have your parents and then you have like your sibling, right? And your parents will give you all this advice and lecture you, yada yada, and be like, ah, you guys don't understand. And then like you know, you have a sibling where she's like, he or she is like, you know, 
I know what you're feeling here, but like this is what happened to me like a year ago or two years ago, right? And they can tell you, and it's like at least you have somebody to relate to, right? That's been through the same stuff as you, right? Recently, so <laughs> so they have like a good grasp on the situation, right? And uh, that's what the raps is. They don't have that. Like Dwayne Casey is like the the parent. You know, it's like, guys, we gotta do this, we gotta do that, blah, 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 blah. But then there's no, like, brother to be like, okay, man, I know I know what they're saying, they sound crazy, but here's the here's the real deal. They don't have that on the squad. And I think that that's what they need. They need that veteran for that. I know the first person people are thinking of, too, and we're talking about this right now. They're Ooh. thinking of Vince Carter. Yeah, but he's, he's so... He's, he's... <laughs> all that. I don't know. I think if he was if he was back on the Raptors and they were like say they were running this new, actually he'd be an amazing three point shooter for this team. Um, if yeah, if uh, he was back, uh, yeah. uh. <laughs> if he was back on the Raptors, right, and uh, you know he was like there on the bench helping, it would draw so much um, attraction to just himself outside of the team. I don't, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're down for that type of distraction. Yeah, I think he stays in Memphis for what's worth, but I'm just saying, that's the type of guy that crosses the fans' minds. Other guys would probably be like, you know, pick one of the Celtics cast-offs that got beat down by LeBron for a little while mm-hmm. in the Miami days. Pick one of those guys if you want. Stuff like that's fine. Right. Back so, to retooling this roster, though. I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> bringing it all back. What if you went down a different route and you made some trades? Or you re-signed... You tried. You tried to go sign a guy like. What are your thoughts on like a Paul Millsap? If you're going to spend the max, because Ibaka is what Ibaka is probably going to get like twenty million. Four years, yeah, four 20. years, eighty mil. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Twenty a season. Like, do you just spend the extra cash and go get somebody who's better? Yeah, but they're going to be over the like over the cap. They're not even able to resign it. They have to renounce so many people to begin with, just to get under the cap. Then to get like somebody like Paul Millsap or something like that. Like it's just yeah. That's the, the part that makes it tricky. Like there, so maybe I guess trading would be a better route thing because there's some things they could do. Like I don't know, let's say like Demari Carroll, who's mm-hmm. a sunken cost, and be hard. Like you'd have to entice the trade anywhere. But yeah, you got to put Carroll, a pick. To, pick you got to pick in a, a prospect. Yeah, ugh, man. So do those three and ship it out to Denver for Wilson Chandler. The dollars match up. Mm-hmm. He's unhappy in Denver. He's a three and D type guy, swing guy. Maybe maybe he'd be a good fit here if you do. He's unhappy. He's unhappy there, but like it's not his you know choice to be traded. Like Denver has to agree to that trade. Oh yeah, no, I totally understand that part. But I think those are the kind of options the Raptors might be looking at more. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if the Nuggets want to trade Wilson Chandler. It is a great idea though. If they could get Wilson Chandler on this team. They, uh, give, me, give me him, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, there's, there's a nice list of players. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. I don't know if they want to trade. See, these are all like they're nice guys, but I don't know if the Hawks want to trade Tim Hardaway, man. They like him. Well, when you look at the whole market, then around the NBA, it makes it very hard to find trade partners, especially for a guy like Jonas Valanciunas. Like these names that we all discuss, and I'm sure plenty of fans discuss it around the water cooler at work or with their friends or anything like that. It takes two to make a trade, right? Yep. And like trading JV, like you look at all the recent trades in the NBA of big men, it's a big man for a big man. <laughs> it's, you it's know, a, like <laughs> people don't want to give up a guard for a big man. No, you know, because guards are way more valuable than big men. Even, you know, the most valuable position is probably the wing, you know, like a 3 100%. 4 or 4 5 or something like that. So, or even a 2 3, 3 twos, you know, anybody that plays multiple positions. JV is just a center only, you know, so hard to make trades for those dudes hard to trade it's just hard to trade away those dudes you know like 
the the seventy sixers they they've been trying to get rid of Jaleel and then they ended up getting rid of uh Nerlens Noel, so it's yeah. just hard to, it's just hard to trade centers. We're looking around the league one night, you and I, mm-hmm. and we're going, okay, okay, well, you know what? We're going to find a trade for JV. I remember, you know, we went through every team, and by the end of it, we were like, dude. <laughs> there's nobody to there trade no team. <laughs> <laughs> this is nobody. We're scratching our heads like, oh. Yeah, this is nobody to like... <laughs> trade him to. Yeah, this is nowhere to trade him to. I just can't, I can't think of a team that would be like, you know what, man? We should, we should get in on this JV by low. On a JV action, maybe give them like a, like, you know what? Those who are listening to this right now, just think of a team that would want Jonas Valanciunas. You know, just hit me back on Twitter, because I want to hear people's ideas. Because I'm I'm out of them. I don't got, I have nothing. I literally have zero people. Like not even the Kings. The Kings would like the Kings would have to be so crazy, right? Where they're like, ah, you know, this Willie Collie Stein dude, Scal LeBCA, meh. You should get JV. That's 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 what would have to happen. Or else I'm not seeing it. Me not either. even not even the Suns. Yeah. What are you gonna trade for Alex Len? <laughs> you're basically just trading one asset for another, right? One big man for another. But trade, those are the kind of trades and trade you for look Tyson at Portland Jenner. and Denver. Plumley for Nurkic. And mm-hmm. the, no, no, no Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. That could be your uh, your vet. Just saying. He was on that Dallas squad that that uh that crushed the the Heat. And you saw how he played in New York, after, <laughs> right? And he got his money. Hey, hey, I said um, I said vet. He's getting paid a ton of money though, like a lot of money, and he's not producing yeah. much at all. So I mean, maybe let's no. grab the Tyson Chandler. Yeah, yeah, scrap that. Scrap that. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. You look around the league and it's the same kind of traits. I don't think JV's going anywhere, as much as it pains me to say that. And it's nothing against JV as who he is or how he play, like how he, his work ethic and all that. It's just mm-hmm. it's just the way the league is changing. Yeah. It doesn't fit. Yeah, it just doesn't fit the league right now. Messiah said he should probably start shooting threes. Another, you know. <laughs> you know what he should do, actually? I would love to see JV because remember he gained weight to play in the post. I would actually like to see him slim down and just become like a pick and roll, uh, big. I'd be good with that. I'd love to see him come off the bench and dominate off the bench. I think that's the new wave we're going to see with big men now, is because teams are finding such a hard way to use them. Right? Like they, nobody truthfully knows how to use big men anymore, right? Unless you play a system that's tailored for them, like the Spurs at times. You know, they'll they'll do that with Lamarcus and Powell. But we see their issues, too, on a night-to-night basis, mm-hmm. specifically in the playoffs. Like, Houston right now is kind of exploiting a lot of their issues with that because if you, you miss, miss, yeah, it's a lot different. Like, like the Rockets' defense in particular Plus, they're big and they're slow. a lot better. They're all huge Sorry, and – they're all these huge, slow, just like, like – They're lumbering guys, man. They labor down the court, up and down, and you got to yeah. slow the pace down for them. Exactly. Those days are dead. Yeah. Unless you're making a bucket every time because if you look at the Rockets' defense, yes, they're terrible statistically when you look at a lot of things, but – Go look at their stats after a made basket. Much different. So unless you're doing that with Big Ben, you're going to get caught in transition. <laughs> There's just so many things that can go wrong now in this league that you can't. You just can't do it. Yeah, mobility is key. And uh, Jonas is not a mobile big man. <laughs> to say the least, he's not a mobile big man. So, Yeah, JV, it's a conundrum, man. I think okay, Out of these three guys, who's the most likely to get traded on the Raptors? Okay. Corey Joseph, Damari Carroll, Jonas Valanciunas. The most likely is probably Corey Joseph, just because the trade is easier. 
You know, he's not making he's not making like exceptional amounts of money, but he's not making he's not like dirt cheap. He has use. They have tons of backup points. It just it's unfortunate, but like you know, I wouldn't say the writing's on the wall either. I just you know, it's like uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't have a good analogy for it, but like it's he's primed to, for trade. He's, he's the easiest to trade, like you just said. Yeah, he's just the easiest to trade. Money wise, position. Yeah, he's, he's a guard. Move. You know, everybody likes guards. The other problem too for him, Norman Powell's due some money next year. Mm, They're going to retain true. him this year, but next year he's due for raise. Yeah, he's due for a big one too, a big raise. No, they're not going to lose Norman Powell, man. They'll keep Norman Powell. There's no way they're going to get rid of him, right? Well, if they lock up this, like, if they go way into luxury tax, which highly doubt they'll do, mm-hmm. I'd be shocked if they did that. Then there's a high risk that they'll lose him. Wow. I think they're knowing the way Masai Jury is and the way he's done business, and we've seen it time and time again. Mm-hmm. He's going to consider all that, so he's definitely going to let somebody go, in my opinion, right? And keep that space for Carol. Norman Powell next year. Carol. Yeah, that'd be ideal, Carol. Yeah. But here's the other thing, too, about the luxury tax that I think people don't know. The luxury tax doesn't start at the beginning of the season. It's right. implied at the end of the season. Right. So if the Raptors make a midseason trade, let's say they enter the season with, I don't know, a 200 and something million dollar payroll, some like New York Yankees-like payroll. <laughs> if they shed that down during the season and trade JV, trade a, a Carol, like, just, just cut costs during the season, they're no longer a luxury tax team. So it's right. not about where they start in terms of financial ramifications. It's about where they finish. Right. And something to keep in mind too. What they're gonna try to duck that, like they're he's probably taking notes from the Miami Heat where like they seem to duck the tax every year. Even though yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> even though that they're like uh supposed to be in the tax at the beginning every every year. At the end of every year they're mystically under the tax somehow, right? So take note, man. Uh, <laughs> Pat Riley is magician when it comes to the salary cap and uh player movement so and they also trying to get under they also always want to get under the cap because or not the cap the luxury tax specifically because that repeater tax though (laughs) that repeater tax is like it's like you know like sometimes you get a bill from a place and you just like open it and you're just like oh yeah that's like totally what i expected and then like you forget to pay the bill and then you get you know, you get the, the, the second bill. It's like, plus the interest of what happened uh, the last month. And you're just like, oh, my God, what is happening? And you almost like you almost feel like you're uh, you're getting help, help, heart palpitations. And I feel like that's what's probably going to happen to the MLSE when they see like that repeater tax bill. And like, yeah, no, 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 no. We can't do this. And then, pe- yeah. and then people <laughs> might actually start getting traded. Like serious people might actually start getting traded at that point. That's more reason why I don't think they'll go into the tax. Is the repeater tax is woo? Yeah, and then they're slated woo. like they're slated to to pay the repeater tax if they make exactly. that like Lowry, Lowry, Baca, and all those dudes. If they get back all those guys and they're like they make the tax and like there's they gotta make trades to get out of the repeater tax or they're just gonna be a repeater tax team. And I don't know if that's the first team. I think this would be like the second team ever to do the repeater tax. And it's kind of hard to do that when you're not making the finals. It's hard to justify. Exactly. It. That's that's the only reason why I'd be shocked. Well, let's talk about the guy that's going to affect that luxury tax status the most. Kyle Lowry. He's mm-hmm. going to dictate everything that goes with this Raptors offseason. If he leaves, this franchise will change direction 100%. If he stays, the retool is definitely on. 
Mm-hmm. Where do you see him going if he was to go anywhere that isn't Toronto? Who's contenders? Philly, like the 76ers. The Nets. He said he t- wanted to go west, inexplicably. Um, <laughs> There's three teams out west. So he's maybe, he's going to the, maybe he wants to go to the Spurs. There's one. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe he wants to go to um, the Pelicans, mystically. I don't know how the Pelicans would sign him, but it's maybe to the Pelicans. I had them on my bubble. Well, if they, if they let Drew Hall, they walk. They can bring in Lowry. Right, so the Pelicans, Las Pelicanos. Las Pelicanos. Anyways, the Pelicans. Um the Mavs, but they like Yogi Ferrell. So yeah, the Mavs were on my list. Uh, out west, out west, out west. I'm trying to go through it in my head here. If he wants to win a title, the, the Warriors are obviously uh, the Rockets is a good fit. They were one I had too. Right. I don't know if he would go to the Warriors. He'd have to like get paid no, the minimum. Yeah, you yeah, take a David West deal. Yeah, maybe yeah, he gets exactly. a part-time job at In and Out. You know, Jeff <laughs> <laughs> the pills. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, what about the Nuggets and the T Wolves? Oh, those were two other teams. I like I the Timberwolves. Uh, Timberwolves move, or even the Bucks. If you made a move to the Bucks, that'd be nice too. If you made a move to one of those young teams that just need a point guard, then it would be great for them. And he doesn't even have to be the star. You know, he could just like shoot open threes, get people exactly. open, and that's if it. You got ahead of the curve, maybe with the Timberwolves. You know, a core of Lowry, Wiggins, Cat, and Levine. Right, that could work. Because the Raptors would then sign and trade Kyle Lowry to the T Wolves for Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I don't know if I like Rubio though. I don't like. I don't Rubio. either, but I take him over Levine. You take Rubio over Levine? Whoa. I'm thinking from the the uh, T Wolves perspective. Oh, 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 okay, okay. There's no way that they would be like, yeah, Levine. Blah, yeah, blah. no, no, no. <laughs> I just couldn't see that happening. That'd be insane. You probably have to. Right? You still have to get something back. Like you still have to get like stuff back for that. But that was just an idea I had written down as well. Because yeah. I'm looking at the West teams. I know Mark Stein reported, like you just said, that the West Coast is an option for Kyle Lowry. And the Spurs makes a ton of sense. But why? Like, it doesn't make any sense for him to go to the West. Like, you want to lose, instead of losing in the easier conference to LeBron, you're going to lose to, like, the Spurs, Rockets, and Warriors in the West. Is there any team <laughs> in the East, aside from the Raptors, that's close to beating the Spurs, or beating the Cavs? The Bucks. That needs a point guard. The Bucks. Yeah, you, right. think, you think the Bucks are close, huh? The growth of Giannis, the growth of Middleton, Tony Snow. I don't know if they're re-signing Tony Snow. I haven't really looked into that. Tony Snow. You got uh, you got the young dude Jabari, Brogdon, Delhi. Like those are a lot of like good like good players, right? The length is there. He'd probably be he's the shortest player on that team, right? And then there's just like a ton of length behind them. I like that Bucks squad, man. I really do. I really think it's really good. I don't know if they're going to be up, like you know threatening the Cavs next year, but within you know the next three years, yeah. Okay. I, if I was the Bucks, I would stick with Brogdon over Lowry. I'm not going to commit five years max deal or anything of that substantialness to a 31 year old point guard. Right. If I'm the Bucks, the Knicks. <laughs> I love it. The, the Knicks in the hat for everything. The Knicks, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks. have a better chance of trying to sign Messiah Jury than Kyle. Yeah, Lally, well, the Knicks were crazy. Like Phil James Jackson Gold's is like Great White Buffalo. Phil Jackson is a crazy man, and he will make crazy decisions. Okay, so you gotta cut. You know, we we all like to th- we like to think that every GM makes rational decisions and it's all in a vacuum, but like. People have, you know, they have 
varying relationships with ownership, with the coaches. Some people are, let's be honest, some some of the GMs are less knowledgeable about um, cap. They're less knowledgeable about what fit would be good for each team, right? So you can kind of you can dupe people, man. Like the Raptors duped the Knicks in the Andrea Bargnani trade. The, the the Celtics duped the uh, Brooklyn in that, like, Pierce Garnett trade, like, you can dupe people, not everybody's as smart as you think they are, so don't, don't forget that, don't forget Sacramento, oh, yeah, Jesus, no, the, no comment on right. that, Lakers, the Lakers might lose their pick this year, I can see the Lakers falling in love with somebody like a CP3, right, but Him I'm just saying, like, have a relationship, we won't go, we'll go, we'll go into an offseason, all of the NBA podcast, but, that's just something I can see there. Because CP3, I think, is going to dictate a lot of what happens with Kyle Lowry, too. Let's say he decides, hey, I'm leaving L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to – let's just use San Antonio. Yes. Does the Clippers not become more of a destination spot for Kyle Lowry? Yeah. I don't know if he would want – I don't know if he wants to sign there. And again. Just hypothetically speaking. Yeah, I, I mean – Chris yeah, Paul's yeah, going to have yeah. a lot of impact on him. Yeah, well, yeah, because Chris Paul is like the premier point guard and then it would be Lowry in the offseason. We'll see what happens, man. It's getting complicated. It gets further, more and more complicated the deeper you dive into into the off season. Free yeah, it gets way more complicated. <sighs> Raptors, I miss them. I'm gonna miss them. We'll come back. Swept we'll in the back. swept in the second round. Like, what are we gonna do now? Watch TV. <laughs> I mean, you can wait for the NBA Finals. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll watch that, so. and then after that, you know, then yeah, we can mourn. Mourn for a month till free agency, and then I don't know. Yeah, see. Two K? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I got my my guys. GM. Got my my GM account. Right now, <laughs> On that note, guys, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the Toronto Raptors podcast, brought to you by TipOfTheTower.com. As always, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud at Tip of the Tower. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can follow me on Twitter at Crystal Kranitz. You can follow Demar on Twitter at Demar J. Grant. Take care, guys, and we'll be back next week to discuss a more in-depth plan of the Raptors offseason that we could possibly see happening. Until then, take care, guys. Later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.